Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, it is Tani Clark Marinelli, creator of investinyourselfcourse.com and empoweringkidsprogram.com. Hop on over to investinyourself.com and get your free three-part video series all about the biggest mistakes that men and women make that can cost them their relationships. Been there, done that. If you guys don't want to go there, then get this free video series. Um, also, amazing news, we got like two spots left in the second week of the Empowering Kids uh, Day Camp. This, if you guys have your kids locally here, you're going to want them in this camp. It's so extremely unique, and it's the only one like it here in Winnipeg. So get your kids in if you're around it basically specializes in emotional intelligence, and we do it all outdoors. We reconnect these kids to nature, um, get them falling in love with nature again. And it's not one of those camps where we teach you guys all, like walk them through and we have a tour and this tree is named this and that leaf does th- whatever the case is. It's not like that. It's all about kids getting bored and tapping into their creativity once again, um, you know, we remove screen time altogether in the nature camp, and it's, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing watching these children transform and tapping into their own inner compass, okay? That's probably my favorite thing to do. Now, I could not run this camp without Tracy McDowell. Tracy McDowell is the fourth school teacher who comes in and takes charge in this camp. And I kind of specialize in the Empowering Kids program aspect of it. So, like I said, extremely unique to Winnipeg. Get your kids enrolled. We got a few spots, quite a few spots left in week one, but week two is pretty much full. So um, I want to see your kids there. I want to see you. We have a private Facebook page that we post videos and um, daily pictures, you name it. So you guys tap right into... um, you guys can tap right into exactly what's going on. So, now this show is all about empowering you and your children, okay? There are many different ways to empower you and your children, and that's the thing. For me, I have um, a weekly webinar that's entitled um, Getting Your Money Mindset Makeover because what I discovered is that after my separation, I required a little bit of um, income (laughs) to continue homeschooling my kids because that's what resonated with me at the time. So I kind of mastered that in my own niche, and now I want to give back to everyone else who wants to spend more time with their loved ones, okay, and who want to create an income doing something that they love and that they're passionate about. So that's the key thing. It's, it's that not only providing an income to be closer to your loved ones, but also honoring you as a parent or a caregiver um, or just a person and being able to do what it is that you want to do because you want to do it, right? So how to put that all together because that, my friends, is the true definition of success. So that is the purpose of this um, radio show. And so I have these beautiful, amazing, talented guests come on, and they provide you with different ways to generate an income or just provide you with tools to put in your toolbox to live a successful life. 
So that's what the show is all about. And today I am blessed, we are blessed with Gigi. Gigi is a transformational coach and strategic mentor, and she's here to help you get your sparkle on. And so as a registered uh, story, this writing is a little, little small, but she's a registered therapist, medical hypnotherapist, an intuitive energy healer using access consciousness. She has helped get clients, patients, caregivers, and family members inspired into new mindsets for better coping, less distress, reduced and eliminated symptoms and conditions, and to activate living your extraordinary big life. I don't know about you guys, but that first sentence or that first paragraph does it for me. Having used the same tools and mindset strategies to eliminate her own Crohn's disease, distress from financial disaster, managed bipolar disorder, and PTSD, and effectively care for aging and ill parents without the distress of sacrifice, she now shares the same gifts and tools for all to thrive. Kate, Gigi, I'm not even going to continue on with that. I'm just going to... No, seriously, like, reading that, I'm almost in tears here. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I'm, I, instead of me reading it, Gigi, I want to hear you. I want to hear, I want to hear this from you. So, no further ado, <laughs> well, good morning. this is Gigi. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, what a beautiful, mm-hmm. sparkly day. It's already beginning to be. So, um, I'm so glad to be here, Tanya. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, Thank you so much for being here, dear. Yeah. So I guess I'll tell you a little bit about that little bio. So um, because what happened was, I'll start from the beginning. I am a rare breed of, I'm I'm almost 50. So my parents were born in the 40s, um, and they are both only children. And in the 40s, you know, baby boomers coming out of, you know, the war, that's very unusual to be only children. And so they were two only children, and they were also the first generation of television. So as only children, um, they got some other benefits that other kids didn't get, like their parents had some disposable income to buy things like televisions. So my parents literally were raised kind of the first generation raised in front of a television. So I grew up in a house where literally there was a TV in every room, including the bathroom, and TVs were on in every room, and there's only three of us living in the house. So my babysitter was literally a television. Both my parents worked, so I was a latchkey kid. And so um, this was before video games. So I literally was raised in front of a television. And, um, you know, as little beings, when you come into this world, you know, you really are just a computer programming the computer program waiting to be filled up with the information to survive and thrive in your environment. So most of my information came from the programming of television and how my parents, of all the stories they bought from their programming of television. Um, so my dad is basically Dennis the Menace and my mother is a Disney princess. <laughs> and they are very consumer oriented, so everything was, uh, you know, fun things was always what was going to make us happy or make us uh, better. And um, as a young child, I even then I it felt off. 
so there was always this heaviness, like that somehow this didn't align with me. So I started um, having kind of some illness right away. Uh, my mom was a high-stress person. My dad was in Vietnam when I was born. And so she was alone and didn't have enough money and didn't want to go home to her parents. So she would go through the alleys collecting glass bottles to gather enough money to be able to pay for a formula for me because she couldn't afford to feed herself so her breast milk wasn't very rich. And so um, she did whatever she had to do to feed me. And um, But that stress level and growing up mm-hmm. around that fight flight had an impact. So I started having um, and Crohn's disease right away, which is a stress-related intestinal disorder. Um, and it's about being able to nourish yourself. So I already was developing the program that it's difficult to nourish myself. And as you know, you may or may not know, that is sometimes even on all levels. That's about emotional nourishment, you know, spiritual nourishment. Um, so even at a young age, that was how I kind of started manifesting stress in the form of illness in my body with my parents. So that was kind of the beginning um, of how how that manifests in a body and a being. And lo and behold, as time went on, you know, you layer all those layers. There's still lots of humor in there because, again, when your parents literally are TV commercials themselves, <laughs> you're, always, yeah. <laughs> you're always laughing and having a good time. But um, because that's what you do on TV, you laugh and have a good time. But your body knows what it knows. It will rebel against what you're, you know, if you're trying to force a mode of being on it and it doesn't like it, it'll find a way to tell you. Um, So Mm -hmm. I kept getting more ill um, as the years went by. Uh, Crohn's disease, more asthma. So all of these are very stress-related. And then um, as I got older, I developed kind of a form of bipolar because, again, when you're busy ignoring messages in you so much and you have so many fight-flight chemicals going off in your body, you create a biochemistry imbalance. Um, And so it finally had to hit a pretty big precipice and several of them. I am Mm -hmm. someone, at least through TV, you kind of numb out that's, one of the gifts, right? Do you ever have that? <laughs> have you ever watched TV and numbed out? Yeah. So uh-huh, part yeah. Of that, Those nights when I need to numb out, that's when Netflix goes on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it can be a great tool, you know. I mean, because it's hypnosis. TV is a form of hypnosis. And so basically, you know, we are all under a form of hypnosis. And um, I have lots of little wake-up calls. Each one would make me make a small change in my life, um, as I'm sure other people have done. I don't know. Um, I needed wake-up calls that were like two-by-fours most of the time to do something about it. Um, I would ignore those small whispers of consciousness until they became two-by-fours or hospitalization or a a life crisis. Um, and, again, it's because I had really become a master of numbing out. That was what we did. We numbed out in front of the television. So it was um, a lot to overcome. And so, finally, it was so strong. I mean, I was going to the hospital several times a year and being admitted for Crohn's disease. 
Um, I was miserable. I was asking all the time, like, how can I go on like this? I feel like I have this bigger calling, and yet I can't do this. And I'm educated, and I have so many skills, and I have, you know, can have a job. I can get a job. I can do all these things, but then how come I can't get ahead? And why do I keep making financial disasters for myself? None of it made sense, really. Like, how how can I... How can I feel so amazing and yet my life not be a reflection of that? And so I really was at a place of questioning all the time. And I started this mantra in my head of, I need a break, I need a break, I need a break so bad. And I was talking to God, like, I need a break here. Now, in my mind, I, was, I thought I was asking God for, like, break for, like, insight, an opportunity, <laughs> you know, something mm-hmm. new. And, um, but I literally was saying the words. Over and over and over again, I need a break. 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 Right. So I, um, I had recently had a ten-day bout in a, in the hospital with Crohn's. The doctor had said it was so weird to see this, you know, thirty-year-old in there so sick, and it just made no sense to him. And he really wanted to see me get better. So when I got out and I had this mantra going in my head, I, I was out walking huge dogs. I had three massive dogs, 80 to 136 pounds. And wow. we were out late at night, and I took them out into a field, and one of them was a greyhound Labrador cross. And it could run like the wind. Its name was Baby. And mm-hmm. it's running, 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 and I'm just enjoying watching the dog run. And all of a sudden, I'm watching the dog run, and I'm looking, and I'm thinking, that dog is not going to stop. It's running so fast. <laughs> and that dog ran right into me and snapped my leg. And my leg is breaking in the middle of the field at 10 o'clock at night. Um, I hear very clearly God or the universe say, well, you asked for a break, and here it is. And next time, I suggest you ask for a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's hilarious so that was the ultimate two by four to the leg and in that moment I had the clarity to say one I realized I was going to have an opportunity to you know switch jobs because I was going to be laid up with a cast I was mm-hmm. gonna it was going to provide all those things but I did hear very clearly that how you say and think about things, what's programmed in your mind is a direct influence of what is showing up. I got that in that moment. And mm-hmm. so what I did, well, I had those 12 weeks in a cast and was could not do my regular job is I went and I became a medical hypnotherapist. I went and studied and started a course um, on that mm-hmm. and learned yeah, and also neuro-linguistic programming so that I could understand the power of words. And yep. those two things were, I mean, the ultimate breakthrough for me and um, have continued to serve me and my clients and people I work with in the hospital as a respiratory therapist um, ever since. So wow. what else is possible, yeah, when you're finally willing to hear and answer the call, and then take responsibility for the fact that you are hypnotized. We all are. It's just the nature of how we're raised. And the sooner you know that, the sooner you can take control of your own programming. Well, 
you just gave us pretty much the answer to what we need to do in order to make anything that we want to happen happen, right? Now it's just yeah. like here's the here this is exactly step by step what you need to do, do 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 and now we just need you to take us through it. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's amazing, Gigi. I I abs I absolutely love it. I love your story. Um it's amazing and it's it's so relative. Like it is so relevant to what to so many things that are happening, you know. I want to just mm-hmm. back up a little bit. There's when you Great. said, you know, numbing out to to TV, like you had a TV in every room. That's amazing, first of all, even in the bathroom. <laughs> but <laughs> I know that my ex-husband would have loved a screen on the wall in the bathroom. But um oh, yes. <laughs> but when what's your take on today's kids and their the amount of screen time that they have? Like I think that the average kid per day gets like between seven and ten or about seven hours of screen time a day. Right. Yeah. Oh, no. so what's your I, take I, on today? My take on it is it's it's just as bad as it ever was. <laughs> it's just we just changed the size of the screen and that the screen is portable. Um, Mm -hmm. And how we've hooked them is because there's also the ability to get the freedom you want and to break free in that screen because a lot of the information that you could want to expand your mind and open up other possibilities is also in the same screen. Um, So that's where you... You, you, we have to get to a point where almost we make them realize it's a choice. Every moment is a choice. Um, so that's why so, I think in nature, because you have to respond a little differently, I think still getting kids out into nature is the ultimate choice. Um, for me, that was always my saving grace. When Even when I was ill and lost and still didn't realize how I was running under a bunch of programs that were making me ill and miserable, the one thing I always had been doing ever since I was a little girl was running to nature. Um, I forced, you know, I begged to go to summer camp every year. And um, it was the place that I had the most peace. So I still feel, you know, parents have a responsibility to, um, you know, help their children not be programmed or at least help them understand what programming is so a, a child can start to even be in that moment being choice about what they're agreeing to. Like, am I agreeing to play the I, game or am I agreeing to get sucked into the game? I feel like you just plugged my cap. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. But, you run a nature camp, don't you? Oh, my gosh. Yes. What a miracle. Uh-huh. Yeah. What a miracle. And you're, yeah. And, well, it's, it's an amazing camp, and the location that we found is absolutely mind-blowing. We take a little mm-hmm. hike, you know, it's about probably like a 10, 15-minute hike, and then we're just in, like, trees and grass and river, and the kids run around and they climb the trees and they, I mean, it's it's amazing. All you hear are laughs and screams and, you know, co- you know socializing, cooperation, trying to work things out. Like, it's all, all we do is kind of sit back and watch them just, Grow or you know organic, exactly. 
Exactly. They, yeah, and, and it's just mind-blowing. Like, we hosted a field trip for St. Aidan's Christian School a couple of weeks ago, and almost all of the kids were newcomers to Canada from Africa, different places in Africa. And they all I heard, you know, was they're climbing to the top of the tree. And we, you know, we encourage the kids to kind of like climb to where their inner compass tells them, you know, that's, that's high enough, that's high enough, you know. And <laughs> these kids were climbing and, and they were just like, I used to climb trees like this in Africa and, you know, I used to pick this fruit and they, they were just, they loved it. And it just melted they, my heart they all day long. Yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh. Actually, that, that does make me want to, that makes me actually really cry because that is about getting your sparkle on where you let them have that infinite possibility. So you gave them, you didn't put a limit on them. You let them do it. And um, the great thing as adults is even when we catch them limiting themselves, we have the ability to help them unlock and unleash two infinite mm-hmm. possibilities. And so you gave them that gift and it let them go high again and set themselves mm-hmm. free in a safe space. And, um, wow, like, again, what a gift nature is. It really is a portal. I always talk about portals of possibility, that every shift, every degree and shift in perception you have opens a different portal to a different possibility. And there's a, a million degrees that you can shift. So it only takes one little tiny degree of perception change to really expand out into a horizon in such a way. So when you take kids out into nature, it's so vast. Every, you know, tree trunk, blade of grass, um, little niche in a corner of rocks, every one of those is a huge portal to where some other idea, thought, or feeling becomes a possibility for them. And whereas on screens, for the most part, we are being told and conditioned what to receive. And in nature, less so. Nature is more of an open question, and questions are where the possibilities lie. And that's why kids love asking questions, because they inherently know in the question is an infinite amount of possibilities. They think they want an answer, but the truth is they just want to know that there's lots of possibilities. Great. I love that, Gigi. I've never heard that before. I, you know, I work with kids. I have kids. I have a 21-year-old kid as well. And, I mean, I've been there, done that, still continue to do it. The kids blow my mind. They're smarter than we are, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. so much more tapped in than we are. And they are the best reminder to tap, tap back in, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the other day my, my son comes home and says, my teacher says that kids are the best scientists because of all the questions that we ask. Absolutely, sir. Mm-hmm. And then my other son asked question after question after question. And, you know, as a parent, you're kind of like, all right, <laughs> yes. that is enough. But but I have to kind of giggle and take a deep breath and look at him and go, you know, you're one of the smartest kids I know because, wow, do you ask a lot of questions, you know? You just have a yeah. thirst for learning. So to hear you word that the way that you did, <laughs> I absolutely I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. So, well, thank you. One of the tools that I use yeah. is a tool called Access Consciousness, and it is about being in question, and it's um, – 
Because having the answer, albeit good for a test um, and for certain things, the truth is it becomes a finite and limiting thing. And it's the question, like Albert Einstein and scientists who are constantly asking questions, they try to answer it, but they, every answer creates more questions for them. So because the question is always leaving you open to possibilities. What if we teach them how, uh, children how to, one, ask great questions that are, don't have a conclusion worded in it, that helps them because if it has a conclusion already worded in the question, then it's only leading to one place. But also, if we teach them to, like you were talking about, emotional intelligence, that's huge, because what that is is intuition. Emotional intelligence is intuition. So if we can teach them to know what they know and trust their feelings, then if they're asking the right questions and they get a message from the universe or in their body that says yes to something, and we teach them it's okay for them to choose that, how often are they going to put themselves in the right place, in the right situation, and the right mindset to receive something because they used their intuition? So that's how the greatest ideas come up. That's how the greatest actions come up. That's how great synchronicities come up. This is how magic happens. So if you teach them how to ask great questions and be open to the message that they receive and then teach each individual child to trust that into emotional intelligence and their own intuition of what's a yes for them, that then you can start to trust one in your children and two, that they can keep evolving in a way, a way that allows them to continue to be the emissaries of love that they came here on this planet to be. Yeah. That is, that's amazing. I'm just like shaking yeah. my head. Shaking my head right now because... <laughs> This is why, this is the irony of it, is that naturally kids have that, right? Yeah. It's almost like all we got to do is nurture it and tell them that Correct. what they're doing is right, right? And then at us as adults, like I work with, I've been working with women for the last five years, even myself, right? I work on myself daily, but... No, don't it's we like, all, girl? Don't we all? Yes, yeah. <laughs> you thought But it's to. been so conditioned out of us to think with our head and ignore, Correct. ignore what we're feeling, ignore our intuition, yes. ignore our inner compass and what we know without knowing why. Um, and then now, and what we're have just those costs been? Pardon? And what have those costs been? Think about for you. Like for me, it cost me illness. It made for choose bad bad relationship choices, bad money choices. When you condition yourself out of following your intuition, because you're doing what uh, you know what you think you should do, or follow the linear path. And questions and intuition are nonlinear. Mm-hmm. That's been the beauty about well, nature. Yeah. Nature's nonlinear. Mm-hmm. Um you know, to get vulnerable for a minute, just to share with everybody listening, one of the very first times that I followed my intuition without knowing the answer as to why, right? I was listening to a podcast. Before the show, I was telling Gigi how much, how obsessed I was with podcasts and that's what spawned this podcast. Um, So I was listening to a podcast and this gentleman said, Something along the lines of if you feel it so strongly in in your gut or, you know, 
say to leave a relationship or to leave whatever the case is or just to go or to do something, but you don't know why, but you feel it so strongly, do it anyway. Honor that. Just go and do it. And I tell you to this day, I still don't know why, but I did it and I still keep doing it. So, um, and I mean, it's brought many wonderful things into my life, but I still don't know why. All I know is that I'm following it. I don't know. Maybe I'm not supposed to know why, but. um. Okay, so that's a fun one, Tanya, because one, it's amazing, but there's a question we play with in Access Consciousness that says, what if, when you ask yourself, what if I didn't have to know what I know anymore to prove to myself, okay, that I know what I know? Now, I know that's confusing, okay, but what that boils down to is, Sometimes we will ignore our intuition because, again, we don't know why we're wanting to make that choice. So we end up sticking around, and how many times then do you end up saying, oh, my God, I knew that was going to happen, or I saw that coming. Why didn't I listen? That's because we end up having to prove to ourselves that we knew what we knew, <laughs> okay? So any, what I suggest here is in this moment, if you're a computer program and you suddenly have that aha right now, they're like, yes, I say that a lot. I know, oh, I knew that. I knew that was going to happen. Or, oh, I got that hit. Or, oh, I felt that. Anywhere you have been conditioned to blow past what you know what you know and instead have to prove to yourself that you know what you know by suffering trauma and drama, okay, by having it show up, Can you just let yourself right now hit the delete and uncreate button on your subconscious? Just boom, right now hit it. And if you do, just say yes out loud, people. Yes, I delete that. I don't need to prove to myself anymore through drama and trauma that I know what I know. And instead, I'll just say, yes, I'm going to do that. I don't need to know why. Kudos to you for following that. Not many people can do that. I had to literally condition myself um, to do that because I no longer have to prove to myself through the ugly showing up that I knew something in advance. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. And well, so it's where we're you. attached <laughs> to the story. Yeah. It's where we're attached to the story. Like we, even now, like I wonder what I knew or I missed. No, be glad you don't yeah. have to know. Just be glad you had a feeling. And um, that's a great gift in and of itself. How, how, what if we taught kids that? What's that? What if we taught kids that, that we don't have, you don't have to have the why, like the why do I feel and want to choose this way? Like that you don't have to prove to yourself that you have to have a reason to know that you know you need to make this choice. That is fantastic. See, Gigi, I do this with the kids, like we do this with the kids, but um, it's kind of like on explained in a different type of category, right? Like I explain it right. through emotional intelligence, but I love and I'm really resonating with the way that you're sharing it. Well, thank you. Um, well, yeah, because and and the reason why I'm sharing it is simply because again, I was so conditioned that um, even after like I broke my leg and I developed these tools and I became much more aware and changed a lot more in my life and switched careers and had a much happier life. I Mm -hmm. still, because I had been programmed so long, I still was quite stuck because I wasn't in question. I was at the time using hypnosis and NLP. And so it helped Mm -hmm. me overcome a lot and peel back the layers. 
But it was not until I started finding the questions that started to set me free um, a little bit more because I even then I still needed one more two-by-four. So I had been married for 18 years, mm-hmm. and the last, and he's my best friend and I adore him, but for like the last two years of our marriage, I started having panic attacks. Now, at the time, I thought I worked in a hospital as a respiratory therapist job, and I started waking up in the middle of the night literally feeling like I'm having a heart attack and my heart pounding and I feel short of breath. Um, You know, my blood pressure would be racing. So I started going to the hospital. And um, every time I'd go, there would show, you know, like an elevated heart rate, all those things, and they would go, well, it looks like anxiety. So they would give me a pill to knock me out and relieve the anxiety and send me home. Mm -hmm. And this kept happening. And I'm telling, saying like once a month and then sometimes twice a week. It was insane. So I stopped going to the hospital. I stopped going to the hospital, but it didn't make me feel any, any better because at home I would still feel like I'm going to die, that I'm going to be found dead. Um, I would have to have my husband basically talk me down, and I would have to take one of those pills and just knock myself out again. So after hmm. a, another visit to the hospital, so it must have been, you know, like my 13th and an ambulance ride again, I come home like two days later and I decide I go out into nature, which is my relief. So I go on this beautiful long walk along the California coast in Northern California. And it's this beautiful cliffs and the wind is blowing and there's a lovely trail along it. And I'm up there and finally I go sit on the edge of the cliff and I decide I'm going to meditate. And I start asking this question over and over again. And again, here's the power of a question. What in me feels like it's dying so much? What does it, what's it trying to tell me? Because I absolutely feel like I'm dying when it's happening. So what is it trying mm-hmm. to tell me? And I asked it again or over and over and over. I must have sat there for 30 minutes with the sun shining on me and the wind and, you know, the birds and the sea air and just being in nature, grounding into it and trusting in nature and asking that question. And again, all of a sudden I heard just as clear as a bell, well, every day you are one step closer to death and you're not living any of your dreams. You're holding yourself back. You haven't done one thing on your bucket list. You haven't used your passport. You um, haven't, uh, you know, you didn't have the family you wanted. You know, it was the whole list of well, what are you waiting for and your life is dying. And you are dying every day one step closer. And it was a relief in a way because it was suddenly the awareness that I'm making a choice and the choice was I was waiting around for others to give me permission or to come along in order for me to start living my real life. And so um, I went home and I told my husband what I'd experienced and I said, although I love him, I cannot wait around anymore and so that we need to separate, unfortunately, and that I needed him I gave him like basically 30 days notice and um, Mm -hmm. he left 30 days later we are still best friends that was over three years ago but I have not ever again not once had a panic attack wow from that moment that I made a different choice and had that awareness so how smart is your body and your emotions 
when it's trying, it was trying to communicate to me through my body. It was just turning up the message louder and louder and louder until I was willing to ask the right question and receive the answer and make a different choice. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's, that's a crazy story. That is amazing. That's an amazing story. <laughs> that is that's yeah. an amazing story. Um, so you mentioned about you mentioned your passport. At yes. this time, you never used your passport. I had never used my passport. I had all these dreams of traveling. Oops, we have feedback. Um, we I had all these dreams of um, traveling and seeing the world since I was a little girl. That was my dream. And I kept waiting for, I didn't want to go alone because I'm an only child, right? I've already had to do everything alone. So here you think you have a partner, you know, you're going to get to go with somebody. And he didn't want to go. He wasn't motivated. He had his own set of choices that he was making. And I was not going. I So finally I did take a trip on my own, and this was even before this happened, and I um, I traveled alone and went to Cancun and sent myself on a trip, and that was really remarkable. I got to go on the ruins in Tulum under the full moon by myself with this. Mm. It, I I got this rare a bunch of synchronicities open up. I got all these rare opportunities um, because I met unusual people who thought it was interesting that I was brave enough to go travel by myself. And so different hotel owners and people would hook me up with amazing people and um, set me up to go play um, and have that happen. But it was one of those things. It was like traveling alone again. I was still very afraid um, to choose that. And so I came home and stuffed it again and went another five years, and that's when the panic attacks uh, started. So since then, I've gone to India, and again, I signed up and went. I didn't know anybody when I first went for the first leg of the journey. Um, I signed up with a group where I knew nobody and made it happen myself because as an only child, you always have to be brave and go out and do it <laughs> on your own. You can't yeah. Like others. And, um, wow. yeah, so that was really remarkable. And then afterwards I went and I volunteered at an orphanage that I helped support there um, called Ball Ashram that um, ha- takes about 30 boys and about, 50 girls, and um, they raise them and educate them. It's on the Ganga River, and um, they see them through and turn, make them into family so that the kids have a family for life. Wow. So then I went and volunteered there and lived at their orphanage for um, another four weeks. That's awesome. That yes. must have been an experience. It, it, it really was. It, the other thing is, you know, you when you live here in the you know Western world and you have you know sewer and um, trash pickup and all of these other things and you know you pay taxes for services and benefits or whatever. Once I went to India, I I came home and swore that no matter what taxes I ever had to pay or any of those, I understand now what the cost of service is because there there is no service. There's no, you know, it's there, but you literally, it's not there. The streets are piled with trash and, um, you know, there's no trash service. And they have all the same packaging we have. So just imagine if the packaging just piles up and 
um, the for medical care, you know, you can have an you can call an ambulance and they'll come get you and take you and they'll ask you about your money after they take you there. Um, mm-hmm. Here, they won't take you unless you pay first. So, oh you know, wow, the choice is pay or die or whatever. So that it, it changed my perspective and to a whole other level of gratitude. I can just imagine. I I, I have, yeah. you know, similar, I can relate to that a little bit. Um, you know, I've, I've been through places in, in Manitoba even that uh-huh. blew my mind that when I got home, like fly-in places, that when I got home one time, I was, I think I was in my room for about a week because I was just in such culture shock. And mm-hmm. it, it did open my eyes to what I have, you know, right. what we all have. And it's just a new level of appreciation. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it made me, it, it was something that provided, and again, it was something I, it was a dream I'd always had. I'd been dreaming of India since I was a little girl. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where I got that in my TV programming, <laughs> um, but something I came in with, um some sort of understanding of it and a love and appreciation of it. And it did make me um, come home and want to be an even better guide and teacher to youth um, because, again, I have this, you know, I have this realization, you know, all these children that are coming in, they really are emissary, but it really is almost their purpose. And so I need to be the best person that I can be. I have to be... I have to have my own mindset as clear as possible. I have to have my own emotional intelligence balance and knowing what's mine because as an emotional intuitive, like so many people are, what you don't realize, again, as you're growing up, you learn to perceive and feel other people's stuff. You actually make choices mm-hmm. on it because you try to make them happy to make them feel better. You know, mm-hmm. But you stop losing the in being in touch with, well, what's yours and what's theirs? Because even now I can go out, like I can be with my parents for a while, and my parents are kind of are elderly and ill and stressed. And after a while, I my body feels different. And all of a sudden, I have one of the tools that I use is a question where I'm like, "Hey, is this mine or someone else's?" And I just sit there with that question for a minute. And all of a sudden, I'll get to where this this isn't even mine. What I'm feeling in my body isn't mine. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm emotionally sensing somebody else's physical stress or emotional stress or energy stress. And then all I do is sit there and say, okay, I return that to sender with consciousness. And my body will feel better also and then relax. But how many years did I not know I was doing that while working in a hospital and helping people, taking it on? Um, so that's something yeah. else to help teach children is just, especially if you suspect that they are emotionally intuitive and aware is, um, as they start to feel stuff and react is asking them to get in touch with themselves. Well, is that yours or is that someone else's or even something else's like the earth? Because sometimes they feel the earth having issues, like when earthquakes or volcanoes go off, you'd be amazed how many mm-hmm. people don't feel well or feel heavy. And wow. if you ask that, you get that feeling out of your body because when you get that heaviness in your body and you don't feel good, that's when people overeat or kids act out or, you know, all humans because you want to numb it out. You want to make it feel better. And if it's not even yours, truthfully, can you even make it better? Mm-hmm. 
You can so buy the, best, the only way to really make it better is by finally recognizing, wow, maybe that isn't even mine, and I can just return that to the sender. And then become just aware, wow, I really am an emotional, you know, um, antenna. So what else is possible for me here, you know, to how can I use this skill and still help mm-hmm. others and but still just be me, be only me. Yeah. That's, um, that is a fantastic tool. Everybody listening, that is literally a tool. Like, is this mine or someone else's? And I return yes. that to Sandra. So the reason, you know, I love that is, do you know, like, when I'm around my kids and they're acting crazy, this is something that I learned from a, uh-huh, and, like, this is something that I learned from a, at like, a, a parenting coach years ago because I I wanted to implement this stuff with my own children and so on and so forth. So I would meet, I even met with like, um, uh, like an eating coach, right? Like the vibration around mm-hmm. food and how we bless, right. you know, how we can protect our children from certain foods and things like that. So um, what I learned years ago was, <clears throat> okay, when your kids are acting nuts and you're going crazy, step back and take a look at you because they are so intuitive that they're picking up on your on what's going on with you so Uh the more settled and balanced you are your your children's behaviors are going to reflect that absolutely so to hear you say is this mine or someone else's you know it's it's a great indication like step back check yourself where are you at but now that my kids are getting older it's like yeah this is like a key tool for them to learn now and get into the habit and create it to be like second nature to them. Like right. something that they're just going to do without even thinking about it. Is this mine or someone else's? Take it back. Take right. it back. I don't want it. Mm-hmm. And how liberating is that even? Because think about the times where now in hindsight you can see, oh my God, I think I was picking up. I was really trying to solve somebody else's stuff. I was feeling their stuff. And that's, you know, I look at it, a lot of these things as superpowers. You know, people who are emotional intuitives and have emotional intelligence, that's a superpower when you can pick up on people's stuff and then mm-hmm. help understand them. And, and a lot of times you can help them reframe it. The problem is a lot of times you're just picking it up. And if you, when you are unaware and you pick it up and you take it on as your own because all you do is end up feeling it, then these are people who are like, because I was this way. I had this, you know, depression. And a lot of times I'd be depressed, and I'm like, why am I depressed? I'm like one of the happiest, funniest people I know. And it was a hypnosis <laughs> session. Again, I was asking the question, why am I depressed? It makes no sense. And I'd been asking that question for years. And finally I yeah. did hear, well, because it's not mine. It was my parents or somebody else's or someone in the lineage or the people I was around. But I was so sensitive that I was picking it up and then owning it as my own. And then, even worse, making myself wrong for it, which only makes it worse. So can I ask you, can I ask you a question? Um, Absolutely. So yesterday I had an experience with my son, okay? My mm-hmm. son experiences, like, social challenges. Right, and that's part of the reason why we decided to homeschool him. He, it's really overwhelming for him. And yesterday, I witnessed. You, you know, we had this get together at the community or whatever, and I and I witnessed 
you know, some challenges that he experiences around other kids and how other kids mm-hmm. perceive him as well, right? Mm-hmm. And it was so heartbreaking for me that mm-hmm. I literally almost didn't make it through the evening of no. the community get-together. And I, I think I took it harder than he did, but, mm-hmm. but I literally, I took it all and I absorbed it. And, but, but, I mean, I still feel it today, right? So right. is that, like, what, what's your feedback on that when we, I mean, worrying and all that stuff, yeah, it's natural, but it's good to be aware that 90% of the thoughts that you think aren't even real. They're things that you worry about. Right. They're your worries and so on and so forth, right? Right. But when you're taking on that energy of your child or somebody close to you, but that's their journey. They've got to experience that for a reason, right? Like what's right. your, what's your you, feedback you on that? You nailed it. You nailed okay. it. Okay. One, because this is my belief. You're an infinite being. Okay. Mm. So he was smart enough to – because he came after you. So he was smart enough to choose you. And he chose parents that he could outcreate and that would not be able to hold him back. We all do that. There's something in us that chooses parents that are not going to hold us back, even if we think they do. It may set up those things. But we really pick people that we, at some point, we have the possibility to be able to to move beyond any limitation. Because even though parents try not to limit us, at the same time there are inherent limitations that come with it. So by going into the sadness of the situation, it's almost like um, uh, denying his own brilliance in who he is. Because what this is more about what superpower does he have that uh, we're all unaware of Um, that if we allowed ourselves to be aware of, we could receive it. Now, I know those are weird series of questions there, but think about this. It's about we're allowing an awareness that we yet have because right now all we see is the discomfort and he doesn't fit in with a socially normalized paradigm, which is very limiting. (laughs) What brilliance, if we instead ask the question, well, what brilliance are we unaware of that he is experiencing and creating, that if I stepped back and let myself look at, I could be more aware of. Now, just in that, asking that question allows you to relax because it takes you out of feeling worry for him and starts making you step even farther back in your awareness. Talk about stopping and taking a step back. This is taking a step way back. What am I you, not getting here that is something you, of his brilliance? You literally, like, lifted the weight off of my chest just by saying that. And I don't even know yeah, why. There's <laughs> a brilliance. There's a brilliance. There's a brilliance and a superpower about who he is. That if we all step us farther out, and then rather than something is wrong with him and that he is challenged, that it's something mm-hmm. so far outside of what we understand that we have not allowed ourselves to be aware of yet, that if we allowed ourselves to be aware, what could we know then? That that allows a new framework for how he's going to be able to be in the world because just because we haven't found how he's going to make it work doesn't mean it isn't. Um, and so it's those mm-hmm. small things because that takes him out of it. There's nothing wrong with him. So um, just like there's nothing wrong with anybody else, but it's, we're only sticking him in the one paradigm of socialization. 
Um, and when you start to ask questions that are a little bit more expansive, it actually allows for those things to be revealed. Um, and let's, what else is possible? What can we see now? I'm I'm just going to state that I'm a little mind blown right now. And I'm that's so what, glad that, I asked the question. questions. Well, that's what those questions are supposed to do. When it makes you have like I call it a brain <laughs> fart, where you where you where your eyes kind of roll up into your head and you start blinking, and you're like blinking like huh huh, that is literally you just bypassed old programming. You just opened up a new portal of possibility that you didn't know was there. You just opened a hole, um, and that will provide a new opportunity. Holy shit, that is awesome. Um, I'm just thinking like. You know, I'm I'm like my webinar. I'm going to be talking about the law of attraction and the dirty little secret behind it, right? And mm-hmm. um, and and I know stepping back. Thank you for helping me create a new portal of possibility, because stepping yes. back, I'm like this initially the hurt that he experienced and that I associated with it literally consumed my body. I could barely walk, yeah. and I still felt it. And and now it's like that's all I saw, and the more I feel it, you are what you feel. I'm attracting more of it, more of it, more of it, and right. for him as well, and for me, and yes, absolutely. You know what? I'm so glad that you're chatting with me today because otherwise I wouldn't have asked that question. Well, you were a brave mom for being vulnerable and sharing. And so that brings mm-hmm. me up to, like, two of the tools. So the, the tools that I use in Assets Consciousness, two of them that I use that I want to share that can help anybody in any situation are, well, I already shared the one, is this mine yeah. or someone else's or something else's? So as soon as you start to feel this heaviness in your body or it feels icky or it just feels off or stressed and it doesn't seem to really align with who you are or what's going on, that's a good time to go, wait, is this even mine or is this someone else's? And then return it mm-hmm. to the center with consciousness. If, if you get the intuition that it's not yours but and it's not somebody else's, ask is it something else's. That's the other one. Because, again, a lot of time it's the earth and the earth needs contribution from us and um. it will... By its nature, we will tap into it. If you're emotionally intuitive and it has an energy need, it may you may be receiving information from it. So, again, just return it, send it a little love, and your body will relax because your body is part of the earth, and that's why sometimes it will also fix it up. But the other two questions are, what else is possible? So if mm-hmm. something like when this happens with your son, what else is possible, or I'll say now or here or that I'm unaware of? What else is possible that I'm unaware of? Now, you don't necessarily get an answer. Sometimes I just keep saying it because I literally, rather than get fixated on solving the problem, I get fixated on asking the question because I know mm-hmm. a solution will come into my awareness. But if I get fixated on the solution, then again, I have just made a limitation because I'm only looking in one direction. When you go to what else is possible here, you have just sent out a beacon call into the universe for it to come from any direction, any awareness. And who cares as long as you get the answer to bring relief to whatever your situation is. So that's Mm -hmm. not being attached to the answer, not looking for the answer in a question like, okay, well, what's, you know, like, uh, like what can I do uh, 
buy on the TV right now to make this better? Or what can I watch right now to make this better? Well, you've made the assumption that it's something to watch. Or, you know, what can I work at right now? Well, you've made an assumption it's something to work. What if it was play that was going to make you feel better? So that's why mm-hmm. what else is possible here or what else is possible now or what else is possible that I'm unaware of? That's always a great way to throw something on there on the tagline that I'm unaware of. Because the truth is if you were aware, you would have solved it. Yeah. So you're really asking for something outside of your awareness. So it's about tapping into to that. So that will bring up so many magic and miracles in your life and so many synchronistic events, and it will open you up to answering the whispers of consciousness and intuition that show up for you. Um, so what else right. is possible? That's the other I'm writing them. Okay, yeah. So writing them we down. have three minutes left. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, and the last one is, and I use this whether life is going to hell in a handbasket or I just somebody just gave me, you know, $300 cash out of nowhere. So no matter what, again, this is a question I use. How does it get any better than this? And this is why. So let's say I just crashed my car. I will sit there, and the first thing in my head is not some profanity and, oh, my God, what am I going to do? But literally like, okay, how does it get any better than this? Because instantly I'm putting a challenge to the universe that, one, something good is coming out of this. Two, it's going to get better. And whatever that is, I want to be open to that possibility. Now, what that does for your body and being is it takes you out of stress right away. I'm not going into all the, again, the wrongness of the situation, which only produces fight flight chemicals and then creates more crap. So I go straight into what else is how does it get any better? There's an assumption. And then when something is amazing, when you challenge yourself to say, how does it get any better than this? Let's say I just signed a new client. And so I'm feeling flushed. And I say, how does it get any better than this? I literally have told the universe, yes, I'm still going to receive. I want more. Go ahead, send me more. Bring my receiving. So you're always putting out to the universe and question, yes, bring me more, show me more. I'm open to the magic and the miracle. Wow. And it, it will deliver. It will deliver. And mm-hmm. you get out of fight and flight because in those questions, there's no stress in any of those questions. And I think the more, and in fact, they reduce stress. And the less stress you're in, the more magic and creation and the greater the manifester you are. So we have about one minute left, Gigi. And mm-hmm. I mean, this is a jam-packed call for anybody listening go and listen to it again because there's some powerful information there Gigi how can okay I know that people are going to want to work with you how are they going to get a hold of you to work with you well you know what my website is being re-beautified right now so that's not my favorite place but I'm going to what I'm going to do is give you my phone number and invite you to text me the word uh text me how does it get any better than this And if you text me, how does it get any better than this? I'm going to do two things. I'm going to send you a free loop that is me asking these questions in a way that's hypnotic and delicious for you that you could listen to every day for like 10 minutes on a little loop that gets you in the habit of asking these questions and opening up to the possibilities of the universe. How, How would it get any better than that? To have that going and get that mental mindset working for you and get your body and emotions on board with that. So that's one. And so you can, um, and I will also open up a free portal possibility session, a 30-minute session if you're open to that. So my number 
is area code 707-695-0153. Again, that's 707-695-0153. And you can call or text me and say, how does it get any better than that? And I will send mm-hmm. you that MP3 link, and you can have that loop for you and start to see what is available for you out there. How much more magic can you have? And get I your think sparkle that's on. Yes. I think that's fantastic, and I'll be texting you in about 30 seconds. So <laughs> I love you, Gigi. I'm so blessed to have you here. I wish you a fantastic day. I'm just so blessed to have you on the show. So take care, dear. Oh, and right back at you. Yep, you are an infinite blessing to the universe. All of you are. Bye. Bye.